the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is nice to be back with you. First show of 2022. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your time going forward and in the past. I consider it a privilege to be with you to analyze and assess the headlines every day. Give you my best assessment of what they mean for you and for our country. You can uh, always participate in the show by calling the show, 844-TALK-989. Email the show. Many of you do that, and I enjoy interacting with you there. The email is bruce at 989theanswer.com. We start 2022 with... uh, what feels like the same headlines we started 2021 and the same headlines that dominated much of 2020 as we're entering our third calendar year. With COVID still in the headlines, the president will speak today about what is a record number of positive cases in the country, one million a day. Now we can debate what that means, the significance, whether we should be afraid or whether we should just shrug our shoulders. Those are the two Polar opposite reactions to the Omicron variant of COVID-19, the latest iteration of this pandemic. But uh, what is not debatable is that a million cases per day is a worldwide record and that it is indisputable, therefore, that President Joe Biden has not shut down this virus. It was a very telling statement when Joe Biden, during the campaign said he was not going to shut down the economy. He was going to shut down the virus. Well, today we have 11 Columbus City schools that are welcoming their students back via remote learning. We have assorted suburban districts and some private schools that are engaged in remote learning. Now, one bit of progress that we have made since March of 2020 when we shut down the schools is that Pretty much everybody but the Chicago Teachers Union and other teachers unions agrees that shutting down the schools is a very bad idea. It's not a good outcome. The schools that are shutting down now are, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, shutting down because they can't get enough teachers in the building to have a safe and conducive learning environment. Omicron is essentially manifesting itself just like a common cold. Can't really do anything about the common cold except wait it out. We never really had hard and fast policies in place for how long you were supposed to wait it out. You just waited it out until you felt better. Turned your head when you coughed. Tried not to sneeze on anyone. Those were common sense measures that over the years served us pretty well. We operated perhaps out of blissful ignorance that if somebody else was sick, 
We were around them a lot. Yeah, we might get it, but oh well, life goes on. Now we have, of course, reached the point where that's not an acceptable attitude to have because COVID is something that if it doesn't scare you, it terrifies the person next to you, most likely. So we'll wait today to hear Joe Biden tell us again that we need to get vaccinated, we need to get boosted, we need to wear a mask, we need to stay home, we need to listen to the experts, we need to listen to the science, when all of it has been largely proven to be, at best, a moving goalpost, and at worst, a mechanism by which they can identify the dissenters and which they can target their enemies. I do think that the onset of 2022 will signal uh, the start of what I think will be a growing chorus of people who previously have called you evil for saying the things they will soon be saying if they're not already saying them. What do I mean? Well, here's an example. Here's Chris Hayes of MSNBC. Very woke network, very liberal network, very alarmist network, very much one to embrace the idea that COVID is going to kill us all, and if you don't get on with your life, or if you do get on with your life, uh, you're the problem. Well, now Chris Hayes is singing a vastly different tune. And I think there's a reason why he is doing this and why others of his ilk will be doing it soon. But this is what I mean when I say that the chorus will soon be sounding much differently than it has over the past year. Those people who are vaccinated, particularly those who are boosted... You know, the risk, the personal risk of, of being exposed to this went from something that we hadn't really dealt with specifically like this before in our lifetimes. We hadn't quite had an illness this infectious and this possible to cause serious illness to something that does look more like the flu. And the flu, of course, can still be dangerous, kills tens of thousands of Americans every year. But we don't orient our lives around the flu. No, we do not. Nor should we. But if you said what Chris Hayes said there last year, you would be deplatformed. You would be roundly criticized. You would be persona non grata. So why is Chris Hayes now saying it? Is it because he's had a revelation of conscience? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know his motives, but I think. The purpose is more likely that the number of tests per day, a million plus, and the rapid approach of the midterm elections in November convince the people who have been all in on lockdowns, shutdowns, masking, vaccinations, and the evil looming danger of COVID is that they now realize how wrong they were, and they're never going to admit how wrong they were. They're just going to articulate a different narrative in the hopes that they can shape opinion away from the responsibility falling on Joe Biden. Because if it falls on Joe Biden, if he's held accountable for saying he'll shut down the virus, and if it's clear as a bell to all of voters that more people have died under Biden's watch with vaccines, with therapeutics, with greater clarity on how to treat this disease, 
then the Democrats are going to not just lose in the midterms. They're going to get absolutely eviscerated by a historic margin in the midterms. That is why I think not just Chris Hayes, but you'll hear as the show develops, Anthony Fauci now saying things that he would never say before, such as, well, you know, every child who's in the hospital is not there because of COVID. They're there because they have another reason, and they test, and they test with COVID. Now, we've all been saying that repeatedly, that people who died in car accidents died perhaps with COVID, but not from COVID. Oh, if you dared say that, you were a crazy person. You were a lunatic. You were an anti-vaxxer. You didn't care about killing grandma. Well, it turns out that partisans like Fauci and Chris Hayes and many, many others care a lot more about killing off the Democrats' control of Washington than they do about you killing grandma. Now, we are four days into the new year, and we have our first homicide of the new year. 2021 ended with 202 homicides, uh, well over the 178 that was a record in 2020. I'll give you the details on the latest homicide and tell you why it is now more clear than ever that the teachers' unions in the state of Ohio and the school board of all the major school districts in Ohio's biggest cities, including Columbus City Schools, are making it very clear uh, how much they love power and hate your kids. That's next on The Bruce Hooley Show. So the first homicide of the year has happened, happened in a neighborhood where you would not anticipate it happening. And that's what's scary about the fact that we have a record murder rate in Columbus, 2900 block of Indianola Avenue. Uh, this is in Clintonville. I know a fair amount of people who live in Clintonville. And every time I hear somebody lives in Clintonville, I say, do you feel safe? Yeah, sure, I feel safe. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Clintonville is one of those neighborhoods that used to be safe. It's not safe anymore, whether it's proximity to the campus area, to downtown. I don't know. But eventually, if this continues... Uh, It's going to get everywhere. It's going to get to Dublin. It's going to get to Hilliard. It's going to get to Powell. It's moving out of neighborhoods that it was easy not to care about. Now, once it starts to happen in places like Clintonville, all of a sudden, you're forced to care. So, 12.30 a.m. Tuesday, report of a shooting, 2900 block of Indianola. And they show up at a brick building that probably looks a lot like most of the houses. structures in Clintonville, and they find a person shot, dead, laying on the deck, the back area of a building that houses four apartments. He has not been named yet. Uh, This will be, I'm sure, something that Andrew Ginther will say he's getting under control by having more police recruit classes than they've ever had before, and that could do it. That could help do it. But it won't do it alone just by having more police officers on the payroll. Uh, This will only happen, a reduction in murder and serious crimes, if Andrew Ginther empowers the police department. 
Oh, boy, people get nervous about that. Empowering the police. Oh. Now, people have to be held accountable for doing wrong. I sound this theme all the time. If you're going to put more men and women in uniform, well, the uniform has to have authority, and it only has authority if the officers on the street know that the people supervising them, commanding them, leading them, there's the word, leading them, will support them and do support them. And I'll go back to what I always go back to. We had a young officer in May of last year who perfectly carried out their training to save serious injury or perhaps death of a citizen and unfortunately, in the course of that, had to take the life of another citizen. And yes, I'm talking about the Makai Bryant shooting. And that officer has still not been cleared. And I guarantee you that he will not be cleared as long as Andrew Ginther senses that there is political capital to be gained by not clearing him. So he is, the mayor, prioritizing his own power, his own prominence and prestige over doing the right thing. And as long as the leaders in the city decide to do that, then this problem will persist. It's the same issue manifested in a different way when I see that the Columbus City Schools are among the 100 public school districts in the state that term Ohio's Ed Choice Scholarship Program Oh, you ready for the phrase? You've heard it before. You've heard it about climate change. You've heard it about racial relations. You've heard it about an assortment of Democratic talking points. An existential threat. Yes. Private school education and giving kids, like those that attend uh, KIPP, the most popular charter school in Columbus with a waiting list of 2,000 plus. Likely dominated by inner-city kids who want out of the hellhole that are Columbus City Schools. They want to go to a charter school. Oh, look at that. They want to wear a uniform every day. They want to subject themselves to discipline every day. They want to be held accountable. They want to achieve. They want to escape their surroundings. All laudable goals. And who's fighting against it? Oh, oh, that would be the people who want them in their inferior, crappy inner-city schools your Columbus City School Board members, and your Columbus City School teachers who belong to the teachers' unions. Uh, Eric Brown is a Columbus City School Board member. Held a big press conference yesterday highlighting this lawsuit that they're a part of, along with Dayton City Schools and Cleveland City Schools, Toledo City Schools, and a lot of other public school districts. And he says, today's a historic day in Ohio. Yeah, it is. The day that you identify yourself as an enemy of kids who want a good education. I don't suppose that's what he really meant, but that's how I take it. Ed Choice and private school vouchers pose a threat to the very existence of our public schools. All right, so let me tell you how Ed Choice works. Okay, so you have a boy or girl in your household. You would like to send them to a private school or a charter school. The tuition is usually going to be around $10,000, okay? That's just a good round number to work with, $10,000. 
does an Ed Choice scholarship, if you qualify for it, and not everyone does, in fact, most people don't qualify for it, because if you make as a household more than $70,000, if you're W-2, last year was more than $70,000, let's say you made $50,000, but, but, in order to live during the pandemic, you cashed in $20,100 worth of stock. Well, you don't qualify for an Ed Choice scholarship because money available to you, liquid assets on hand that pass through your fingers, exceeded two times the poverty level. Poverty level is uh, two and a half times, rather. Two and a half times the poverty level. Poverty level, for the purposes of this, to work with it easily in your mind, is about 30000 So if you're under 30000 you get an Ed Choice scholarship. If you're at two and a half times the poverty level, you get a reduced scholarship. But it doesn't pay for the whole private school tuition. So what does that mean? It means the people who don't make very much money have to make what? A huge financial sacrifice to send their kid to a private school. And some school districts do not provide transportation for students to the private school that they may attend. So that's another sacrifice the parents have to make. So these are parents applying for Ed Choice scholarships who what? Number one, have a financial need, but number two, are willing to make the financial sacrifice and the personal sacrifice to get their child to the private school. Now, the private school is most often not located as close to where that family lives as is the local public school. So there again, they want to be in an extracurricular activity. You got to run them over for practice. You got to go get them after practice. You got to get them after band, whatever. So the city schools and public schools that are fighting against this are fighting against it. Why? Because Ed Joyce is taking some of their customers away. And they're not bearing a financial cost of this. They're still getting their cut of state funding that they would get if the kid was going to their school there. But they see the danger in the future in that, uh uh-oh, a day might be coming when the amount of money we get is reduced by the number of students we are losing to charter schools and private schools that the parents deem superior to ours. And we can't have that. So we're going to build a firewall right now around our school financially, and we're going to oppose any student whose parent thinks they can get a better education somewhere else. You couldn't have a more clear demonstration of the fact that these teachers' unions do not care about kids. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.